Tavis Smiley, and I'm delighted to have you in with us today. And I have been looking forward to this hour for quite some time now. When uh, we last tried to do this, <laughs> my dear friend, uh, sister, mentor, teacher, Nikki Giovanni, uh, was stricken with laryngitis, and she could not speak uh, at the time. In fact, she called me uh, and was literally whispering on the phone <laughs> to Tell me how apologetic she was that um, she couldn't honor her commitment to appear on the program that day. Uh, as I recall, it gave us a great opportunity, though, uh, because I've been so blessed, and I do mean blessed, to have so many brilliant conversations with Nikki Giovanni over the years, uh, some in private, uh, some in public. Uh, but it gave me a chance very quickly to go into our vault, and I pulled out a conversation that we had a couple years ago on the occasion of the 50th anniversary of this iconic conversation that she conducted with James Baldwin uh, uh, in Paris, uh, or London, as I recall, um, somewhere overseas. It was a great conversation uh, uh, and uh, produced for a great program uh, on PBS back then. Uh, Ellis Hazlip was the brother behind that project, as I recall. So we had a chance to dig into the vault to pull out this great conversation that she had with James Baldwin. And so many of you were just uh, uh, just uh, thrilled uh, by the opportunity to hear that dialogue for those who hadn't heard it two years ago when it first broadcast. And so we, uh, again, went into, the, went into the vault right quick and pulled out uh, one of our best of Nikki Giovanni conversations uh, and promised you then that when she got better, she'd be on this program. Well, she is back. She is better than ever. And we finally today get a chance to talk uh, for the hour about her new documentary, Going to Mars, The Nikki Giovanni Project. Take a listen to the trailer. I was born in Knoxville, Tennessee, but I am an Earthling. And it's an honor to introduce this woman. She is the most renowned black poets this world has ever seen. There is no you without this goddess. So you're sort of a prophet. I, I would hate to think of myself as being a prophet. Prophets die. Yeah, I'm also a dreamer but I don't understand why my dreams can't come true. So I will continue to do what my grandfather could not do. I will fight. I am a fighter. The history of our people is a great history, and it's our duty to tell that story. This is not a poem. This is an explosion. This is a rocket. Let's ride. Nikki Giovanni, I am always better when I hear your voice, so let me hear it. How are you today? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm hearable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never had laryngitis before, and it's the strangest, any, anybody who's listening, it is the strangest feeling, because you're not sick or something, but all of a sudden, you, you, you can't be heard. Mm. I can still, and I'm can hear a little bit of it, but it was, it was just like, oh my God, why do I have to have laryngitis when I'm talking to Tavis. <laughs> and I had a concert that, that, that night. And so I had the worst two days of my life, I had laryngitis. And I thought, well, you know, what am I, am I being punished for something? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You are, you are not being punished. You've given the universe and all of us who inhabit it uh, so much to be thankful for. So no way you are being punished. Uh, but we are grateful to hear your voice. And, and to your point, I still hear a little bit of it in your voice. I know you, you're still trying to push your way through. But let, let me just start by this. This means a lot to me. And I won't go back to what I talked about in the first hour, but I was 
I was chastising a particular uh, guest who was booked on this program in our first hour um, for doing something uh-huh. that I found a bit untoward at the last minute. Uh, again, I won't go back into uh-huh. that, but I, I raised that because I said in the first hour uh, of this program, this is a three-hour program that I do syndicated every day, but I said in the first hour, mm-hmm. if you have a legitimate reason like Nikki Giovanni where you cannot appear and we need to reschedule, I'm all for that. Stuff happens. I'm not stuck on stupid. I'm not naive. I get that. But I get bothered mm-hmm. by people. I get bothered by people in this world, in this moment, in this frame that we live who don't keep their word. Your word is all you have. Somebody said your word is your bond. I just want to start by just saying to you how much I appreciate you for all these decades of knowing you. You've never told me you were going to do something, Nikki Giovanni, that you did not do. You got better, or at least relatively better, enough to come back on this program. I just want to to start by saying how much I appreciate you being a truth teller and keeping your word. No, thank you. No, I, as I say, it's, it was just the uh, times you have no idea, and and you know it'd be like you're on you, you know you're doing your and then you can hear your voice going away mm. and you're saying oh today this is the show I wanted to do mm. so it was funny I had to sing a song and I could I I had no voice but you know you're on the mic and uh, I've been working with Javon Jackson mm-hmm. and really just having such a good time and I just leaned into the mic and said well. You, because there were some notes you can't make, but I'm not a singer anyway. Mm-hmm. So that was my excuse, you know. If you want a singer, you know, call Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> but we had we had a good time. It, it really was uh, working with Javon has been um, very, very uh, well. Working with the ne- the next generation. Yeah. Not that you're not young. Yeah. But Javon <laughs> is, is, is way younger than we are. No, I, I I'm as young as I used to be, but I'm but I'm grateful uh, that I'm still here uh, to spend some time with you. Yeah. Just getting started in this conversation with Nikki Giovanni, I, I sort of feel bad because I can still hear the remnants of that laryngitis. Uh, but she's a trooper. Uh, you heard her say in that trailer, I'm a fighter, and we're going to fight through this hour uh, to honor her commitment to talk to you uh, about her new documentary, uh, HBO documentary, Going to Mars, the Nikki Giovanni Project. There are three things she said in that trailer that I want to unpack immediately. One, she said, I'm a dreamer, and I don't understand why my dreams can't come true. We're going to unpack that. She said, uh, I'm a fighter, uh, and I, I want to know the backstory of how she became a fighter and why she still lives. And then she said, it's our duty to tell our stories. We'll talk about that. And that's just for starters. A great deal to come in this hour with the one and only Nikki Giovanni on Tavis Smiley. What's your quarrel with the world? You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Who do you trust to get at the truth? Tavis Smiley. Smiley. That's who. The conversation continues right now. Going to Mars, the Nikki Giovanni Project um, uh, travels through time and space to reveal the enduring influence of Nikki Giovanni. Of course, one of our greatest living artists and social commentators. She reckons in the documentary with the inevitable passing of time uh, in intimate verite and revealing archival footage. The film is a collision of memories and moments in American history, live readings and uh, really uh, innovative uh, visual treatments of her poetry. It uh, runs about 102 minutes. It's uh, on HBO. And I am pleased to have Nikki Giovanni as our guest uh, in this hour. Uh, Nikki, let me start with just those two or three things I mentioned a moment ago that just jump out at me. I mean, the thing about talking to you, and I, again, I've been so so fortunate in my career, is that every, everything you say is is poetry. Everything you say is just is prose. And so when you when you speak, uh, all your words just fall on me uh, in, in, in so much so many beautiful ways, uh, myriad ways. But when I hear you say, I'm a dreamer, and I don't understand why my dreams can't come true, um, unpack that for me. Well, 
I am of, of the generation we, um, <laughs> you know, we had grandmothers. Now, everybody's got a grandmother or, you know, they have a mother, and so the mother had a mother. But we had grandmothers. And so much, so many of, of my generation live with our grandmothers. Mm-hmm. And I, I had, like, I wrote, when I wrote that, one of the things that I, I and I, I talk about it in the in the in the uh, documentary is that you know as we were growing up and we saw how our grandmothers not that our grandfathers didn't but how our grandmothers how they wanted us to be educated to be able to vote to to be free and so we had a choice my generation had a choice we could change the world or we could tell our grandmothers that we couldn't mm. and it was way easier to change the world than to go. <laughs> way, you know. You, you, and I was thinking about John Lewis. I was coming through Atlanta fairly recently. They have a lovely. Uh, if you come to the ATL at the, the uh, uh, airport, you know you'll see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lovely visit on John, and uh, I thought about that. And, and, and John had the same attitude. It's way easier to change the world than to tell our grandparents that that we couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And so we changed. Now, we couldn't do anything, and we can't, about racism, but we could do something about segregation. Mm -hmm. So we got rid of segregation, and now it's up to another generation to make a decision. And it's up to, frankly speaking, white people, because black people have never been racist. Mm -hmm. We, we, We were never scared to sit next to them on a bus. Mm. We were never afraid to sit next to them and eat a hamburger. You know, things like that didn't bother us. And we were never, we never had to put signs up that said, you know, black only or African American only. We, we weren't afraid. And they are afraid. So they need to be teaching their children as well as constantly telling themselves, I have no reason to be afraid of Negro. They, <laughs> they should make a sign. <laughs> you know, I am not afraid of Negro. <laughs> <laughs> and what and, and what and what do you think that fear is born of? And and, and I ask that because as you well know, being a longtime professor yourself, we're in this frame right now where they're afraid to tell the truth. They're afraid to hurt the feelings of the white kids in the classroom. Uh, they don't want to be put upon in any sort of way. So what what on what do you think that fear of Negroes is based? Well, it's the generation that wants to the Nazi generation, DeSantis. Uh, Trump and them, they want the power because the the younger kids aren't. If we threw all of, if we threw a bunch of kids, black and white, uh, Jew and Gentile, into a room, they'd all play. But it takes some of those older people to say we don't want to be close to them. And to, well, there's a song: you have to be carefully taught to hate. Mm. And they're trying to teach their children to be afraid and to hate because the children didn't. Just be born and say, I'm going to hate, if I may, I'm going to hate a Negro when I grow up. That's what I want to do. They, they, are, they are taught that. And uh, they're going to have to unteach themselves because there are life forms. Uh, and, and I believe that. And it, it's not a religion like that, but I believe that there are life forms in the galaxy that we are right now unable to face. And, and we're going to have to do better because that, that's why I wrote the poem, Quilting the Black Eyed Pea, because the only people right now, and, and I mean no disrespect to you or any other of the men, but the only people qualified to go into space are black women. 
because we're not afraid of anything. <laughs> we make ourselves at home. <laughs> we do. Wherever we are, we make ourselves at home. And no matter what has happened to us, and a lot of it has been ugly, we have found a way to love. And I, I think a black woman is, is, is a phenomenon. Mm. You know, you talk about an age. I think a black woman is, is, is a phenomenon. What would we do without grandmothers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine my life without my big mama. I, I can't imagine. Uh, or or my, mother, yeah. my mother, my mother, Adele. I can't imagine my life without without my grandmothers. Yeah. Um, the second thing I want to interrogate um, uh, is this, uh, uh, this, this line from you <laughs> in that trailer that the audience heard, that I'm a fighter. Uh, I am a fighter. <laughs> I, I, I want to come to this because I've known people in my life who have fought for certain periods of time and then they give up or the fight gets beaten out of them uh, or they they find another reason to surrender. Um, but you have been a lifelong fighter. What has animated that fight all these decades, Nikki Giovanni? Oh, well, you know, honestly, I, I, I just see those, those old ladies sitting up in heaven in their rocking chair. My mother was a beer drinker. My, my grandmother drank bourbon. I can see all of them sitting up in heaven saying, that's my baby. Mm. And if they're sitting there and, and they want to be proud of me, they don't want to say, that's my baby. She ran away. <laughs> they they want to say she won. And I can just see them sitting up in heaven, you know, drinking and, and in their rocker and, and saying, you know, they're doing, they're doing okay. We're not going to get everything done, my generation, nor, nor anybody. Mm-hmm. But the people that, that I think we all respond to, Tavish, look, look at how long you've been fighting just to get your voice, to make sure that your voice stays out. Mm. Look at how long, I mean, I don't have to tell you, you know Mm -hmm. how long. Mm -hmm. And I remember you when you started Mm -hmm. and everybody said, oh, it's one of those, oh, he won't make it. (laughs) Well, I don't know what make it means. You you know what I mean? And and you never let those fools keep you from going going ahead to do what you wanted to do. And I think that that's that's what's important because you too, you talk about your big mama. Uh, What the fuck? Excuse me. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't. I didn't mean that. <laughs> Somebody, and I've been home all day long. Mm, and now your phone. Now your phone rings. All day long, and nothing has happened. And now, thank you. And, and, and the minute that I that, that I'm on, on the phone to you, you know, it happens. It, it, it happens. It's called life. It's called life. It's called life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Him, excuse me. I did not mean to. <laughs> no, it's a, it, it it happens. And and at, at you're Nikki Giovanni, and at this point, you get to say what you want to say. <laughs> and, and, I didn't mean to say that. No, we'll do our best to bleep it out. But uh, you are Nikki Giovanni. Oh, you, you've earned the yeah. right. You've earned the right to express yourself as as you choose to. Um, but 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 to this point, this this conversation about 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 fighting, um. I wonder whether or not we have entered into a phase of black life in in this country where you think black people have fight fatigue or you see it a different way. Do you see us ready uh, for the rest of the journey that is to come? I see us as continuing. Mm -hmm. We are standing on the shoulders. Uh, As the old folks say, as our ancestors say, we are climbing. Jacob's ladder. Oh yeah. And I think so, a lot of people want a miracle, and there aren't. And I don't. I don't think there are going to be any miracles. I think that we will continue this journey. And I. I, I know we got a history there that says that Black Americans, African Americans, and these are specific people, African Americans have changed planet Earth and how we look at it, and we will continue that change. 
you know, during one of the breaks, uh, they were listening. They played rap, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, I'm kind of old for rap. I, I see some of the youngsters I know, and they know all of the words. <laughs> and I think, wow, how'd you do that? <laughs> but I know all the words to the spirituals, and I know jazz. Mm-hmm. You were playing Miles Davis mm-hmm. when we came on. Mm-hmm. And we continued to teach each other. But the world raps right now. If we, went, if we were in Hong Kong, we could go to a nightclub or a club, whatever they call it. And there'd be somebody there rapping in Chinese. We wouldn't know what they're saying, but that's what they would do. We would know the beat. And black Americans uh, are fantastic. We're fantastic. Mm. So a lot of people are saying, well, okay, they're shooting us in the back. But they've always been doing that. Mm-hmm. When, have, when, when have they not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we have, we have continued forth. When have they not tried to steal from us? When have they not taken our songs? Every time I hear Strange Fruit, you know, I hear Billie Holiday, mm-hmm. and they say, oh, look who wrote it. I know who wrote it. Billie Holiday wrote it. <laughs> they stole it from her. And so if Billie Holiday, whom I had, I did not get to know, I wish I had, but if Billie Holiday was here, was here she said, yeah, they, they, they steal. That's what they do. <laughs> and I watched well as Nina Simone came back with Mississippi God Dance, and, and somebody will steal that when they can find a play to put it in when they can put it on Broadway. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. All of a sudden, there'll be some white guy we never heard of, and everybody said, oh, he's really brilliant. Look at how he did that. And he stole it from, from Nina Simone. Mm. But we, these are things we know. But yeah. we continue to skate, is what I'm trying to say. We continue to create, knowing that people are going to take some of it. But what we're giving is more important than what they're taking. Speaking of, speaking of creating, uh, we, we, I, I tapped into this conversation ever so gently yesterday, and I, I pulled back because I knew you were coming today. I said, let me hold that. I, I put this thought out there. Let me hold that for tomorrow, but I know Nikki Giovanni is going to be here. Um, to your point about creating, <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you process or what do you say to us about the struggles that we encounter when we try to create and situate Afrocentric work in a Eurocentric frame, because that's the frame that we're in. Um, but what what do you say to us about about centering, uh, about advancing uh, Afrocentric work when we're forced to do it inside of a Eurocentric frame? If that makes sense. I think we continue to do what we've always done. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the really great New World things are quilts, and the most beautiful quilts in America come from G's Bend. In Alabama, mm-hmm. there's a G's Bend is where the river bends, right? Mm-hmm. And they can't say, well, the Smithsonian won't hang my quilt. They continue, and I say they because the women did that. Uh, but they, they continue to make them. And then the Smithsonian came in and said, we'd like to hang them. We'd like to buy them. And I don't know if you've been to G's Bend mm-hmm. relatively recently. I was there five years ago. But you can tell the, the quilters from the rest of the people because all of the quilters had new cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so funny. And I was saying, I, I took a friend and I said, now we can see who quilts and who doesn't because we can see who got a new car. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to do, you, you can't anticipate how what you do will be accepted. Mm. And it's the same thing that we, we were talking uh, about rapping. Well, you know, people said rapping is not English, but what it is, it's a, it's a vernacular. But Dante, it, Dante's Infernal, all of that, if we go back to the Italian Renaissance, that's a vernacular. And if, 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 if the Italians can have a vernacular, so can we. Mm-hmm. And we do. 
And so it's a question you and I, uh, certainly, and not, I'm, I'm 80, so I won't see it. We won't see it when our vernacular becomes um, practical, mm. but we know it's coming. Mm. Mm. We know that's coming. So it just continues. We, we continue to, to work. We continue to do our duty. Mm. We continue to work. We continue to do our duty. And speaking of our duty, <laughs> um, you heard Nikki Giovanni say uh, once uh, once more in that trailer that it is our duty to tell our story when we come forward. Um, I want to interrogate her on that, this notion that it is our duty to tell our story. There's no no doubt about the fact uh, that our story uh, is worthy of being told, needs to be told. It's rich and beautiful and textured and layered, and nobody has told our story better than Nikki Giovanni. But I want to ask her, 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 her thoughts and her advice to all the rest of us in this moment in late modernity. Um, about how we continue to tell our story. And it's not just, again, um, uh, uh, an opportunity. She says it is our duty to tell our story. We're talking with the one and only, the brilliant Nikki Giovanni, a world-renowned poet, one of the foremost authors of the Black Arts Movement. She is the focus of an HBO documentary. It's called Going to Mars, the Nikki Giovanni Project. We continue our conversation with this icon when we come forward on Tavis Smiling. Interrogating and unpacking. That's what we do around here. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Smart talk for curious people just like you. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley in dialogue with Nikki Giovanni, who is the the subject of a brilliant documentary on HBO. It's called Going to Mars, the Nikki Giovanni Project. Uh, Delighted to be... uh, in dialogue with her once more uh, in my uh, career, and I always count it a blessing uh, to, uh, to to sit at her feet and to listen and to learn and to love on her uh, for all that she has done uh, done for us. Uh, Nikki, um, in that uh, in that uh, that uh, trailer for Going to Mars, one other thing I wanted to give you a chance to unpack uh, this this comment that you make that we have a duty that ours is a beautiful story, but we have a duty to tell our story. Every time every time I I hear you even talk about this, I think about the fact that. Each of us doesn't just have a story. In fact, each of us is a story. We don't just have a story. We we, we are stories. Uh, and you, here you come now suggesting and telling us that we have a duty, each of us, to tell our own stories. Talk to me about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I would think so. Sometimes people think that somebody else, a producer, a uh, publisher, or whatever, Sometimes we think that our story rests in the hands Mm. of somebody else. Mm -hmm. But I think it's so important to remember that your story is is about you and and your people. And, for example, just for example, Mm -hmm. Anne Frank didn't know that she was writing one of the most important documents of World War II. Mm -hmm. She just kept a diary every day. And uh, it it talked about a number, you know, where she, what she ate, the crush she had on one of her fellow survivors who ultimately they're all going to die but she just kept a regular diary she didn't have to make up anything she didn't she she just kept this is what she's doing and we too i'm saying we too as black americans we we have stories that our grandparents and in some cases if we're lucky our great-grandparents tell us but particularly we have stories about um coming from for example um coming from mississippi or alabama or georgia and what it meant and and how whether it was a lot of trouble or not, but the joy of moving, if I may, out of Mississippi and getting to St. Louis, for example. Mm-hmm. And then we hear all of the, the music coming in St. Louis and, of course, the, the food, the barbecue. And so 
and and I have friends, I have good friends who are Jamaicans, and Jamaicans talk about jerk. But the best barbecue in the world is coming from, in all fairness, is coming from St. Louis. And so these people that are coming up from Mississippi, and they too are building, they're digging a hole, and they're they're smoking food. And all of a sudden that becomes a worldwide. And somebody said, you know, well, your granddaddy had to do that with with a, 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 a cheap uh, uh, shovel. They had to pass it around or you know, getting the wood. They had to go out and get the wood. I mean, it's just, there's some wonderful stories mm-hmm. about how we got over. Mm. <laughs> how we got over. Yeah. Some yeah. great stories. And yeah. you really wish that people would think about, you know, not not just the sorrow, because there's sorrow, of course, but but the wonderful, you know, we, we really loved it when your aunt, you know, Josephine came by, because she would always sing a song for us, or, or your uncle, you know, Smith would come and he would, you know, there's some stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm always trying to encourage people to write the stories because even though it may or may not get published in your lifetime, and that's what you have to remember. I mentioned Anne Frank. Mm-hmm. She was way dead before oh, yeah. she had any idea of what she had accomplished. But to tell the story yeah. so that it, eventually somebody can put can put it together yeah. and see what people like you and I see, because we both like black people yeah. and being able to see what it is that, that, that we have accomplished, what we did. These are wonderful stories. These, you, these are great. You just said two or three things I want to interrogate right quick. Again, everything that comes out of your mouth is prose to me, and it certainly <laughs> it certainly leads me to ask another question. I, I was about to say one thing, and then you dropped another 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 uh, bar on me. So let me come to this one right quick. You just said a moment ago, and I heard it, and the audience heard it. You said, "Tavis, we both like black people. <laughs> we both like black people." Uh, there, there's something there. I don't know what it is. I'm going to ask anyway. Um, what wh- what does it mean uh, in this moment? Uh, to like, I mean, to truly like black people. Well, a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are embarrassed or ashamed. And as August Wilson, who I'm so sorry, I didn't know. Uh, and Pittsburgh is such an important city for black people, too. But as August Wilson said, there's more to being black than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. And we know that. <laughs> like uh, Clarence, that's uh, true. Yeah. We watch Clarence Thomas, but we realize he does not like black people. Yeah. And what he what he wants to do is is not be, but uh, and I mentioned you and I because I've known you I've known you so long, Tabby, mm-hmm. and we both do like black people. We enjoy being in the company of black people. We enjoy listening to our stories, and I, I I think you I think that that's important that you have to like who you are and where you came from. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's important mm-hmm. without judging yourself. Uh, I, I met a billionaire, by the way. Um, uh, about a month or so ago, mm-hmm. and I had never. <laughs> billionaires are real different. <laughs> I, don't say that. I don't know if you know. You know, you're in California. You might know something. Yeah. But we were in London, and uh, he was a billionaire, and it was like, and he had invited us to um, for a reception for the film, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, this is what billionaires do. It was fantastic. <laughs> It really was, you know. <laughs> I was practically standing with my mouth up. I've been to nice reception. Yeah. And then there was this billionaire. <laughs> and it was incredible. And he was just saying, as you did, it made me so proud. He's a black man. And 
there are not that many black millionaires, billionaires. That's right. And he was saying, he was so proud to be a part of this. And I was just saying, you know, I'm so proud that you have taken the resources that you have built to be a part of the arts community. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he could have done 800,000 other things. But it was just so wonderful that this young man, one, that he's brilliant, but two, that the resources, I, want, I don't know, provided, I mean, God provided, or what, sure, he's sure. smart enough. And then he puts it back into the black community. So it was just, you know, I didn't cry, but mm. it really touched me. It really touched me. Yeah. And, you know, you, you see some things like that and you think, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. We're okay. Speaking of, we're gonna be okay. I'm thinking of Kendrick Lamar. We we gonna be all right. That's Kendrick, right? That's the anthem. We gonna we gonna be all right. Yeah. Um, when we come forward, I I, I want to. Uh, it'd be unfair to get my clock to ask her this question now to give her 30 seconds to respond. But I'm gonna give her some more time on the other side to unpack this. But there there are really two questions that are that are burning. Um, one is uh, you heard Nikki say she's now achieved the age of 80, uh, and I wonder what she has to say to us about aging. For those of us who are not blessed to be at that point yet what does she have to say what wisdom does she have to offer us about aging this documentary looks back on her entire life and and her legacy and her work and her witness what does she have to say to us in this present moment about aging uh in black skin uh i certainly want to take her temperature as i always do i never talk to nikki giovanni without getting her temperature and i've got all this stuff on tape all these conversations over the years i always want to get her read on the present moment in american history we can talk about that domestically we can talk about it globally israel hamas so many things to talk about but i always want to get her read uh on this particular moment uh, in american history uh, and a few other things I want to cover when we come forward with our uh, esteemed guest in this hour, our dear friend and sister, Nikki Giovanni on Tavis Smiley. For all the freedom-loving folk, this is Tavis Smiley. I feel like freedom. Let's get back to more of Tavis Smiley right now. Nikki Giovanni, I, I, I go into my library sometimes just to listen to um, all the wisdom you shared with me over the years on stages and in studios and my mind, of course, always thinks about our private conversations, but I, I, I have never had a conversation with you, and this ain't going to be no different, where I don't ask you to give me your read on this present moment in American history. And fortunately, I've got decades of these tapes. Um, but uh, how are you reading this present moment? Well, I, I think that there's a lot of um, people are unhappy, and, and uh, <clears throat> I'm not really sure how to how to make it better on, on that on that level i am 80 and uh i am not giving up on on people or the possibilities but um for example most of us um are better off financially but if you ask the average american black or white uh, you know what do you think about the economy they say no mm-hmm. I, I don't know what more we want we um uh, i think biden is doing in other words a good job and when people talk about biden being old, I think, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. He, he, he's still holding his own. So, um, but I'm a Democrat, and um, when I think of politics, of course, I always think of Fannie Lou Hamer, and uh, it means so much, it meant so much to Mrs. Hamer uh, uh, that we vote. Mm-hmm. And she collected, remember, she started Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party. Oh, yes. And took took a bus to um, Atlantic City, and Lyndon Johnson said to her, well, you know, because he was trying to make it all right, Lyndon Johnson said, well, why don't we give you two 
of the votes of, of uh, Mississippi, and in in uh, sixty uh, eight, we'll, we'll, we'll work it out. And she looked the president of the United States in the eye and said, "We didn't come here for no two votes." Mm-hmm. And she she left. And I've always admired that. So I'm hoping that everybody listening to us votes. Now, I would prefer Democrat, but that's not the point. The point is to vote. And if you don't like what's on the ballot, write something in. As I said to some dog, some people recently, write your dog in, but let them know you came. <laughs> you know that you're afraid to come to the to the polling place. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't even pretend. Go go and let people know you have a voice, mm-hmm. and you have to use uh, you have to use that voice. So there's a lot going on in the world. It's not a good idea. We need peace. Mm. And uh, the only way we're going to do that is if the people who are having wars stop. Mm. That's so basic. <laughs> and uh, we, we know that, that peace is important. That, you know, there's no, there's no, no getting around it. And, and uh, I, I feel so sorry for all of us, actually. Mm. But um, some of us are being bombed and some of us are, you know, just being killed by soldiers. But some of us are drinking bad water. You know, mm. you, you're living in Michigan. Look at how long it took them. Look, we have a whole generation of, of youngsters coming from Flint, Michigan, who were drinking water with lead. Mm-hmm. So they're all going to have mental problems. I mean, not problems. They, they are, 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 they're going to be limited. Mm-hmm. But we have the same problem in Jackson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So you have to ask yourself, what's the difference between somebody bombing you and somebody making you drink or having only leaded water for you to drink. Am I making sense? You're making sense, and, all kind of sense, yeah. Yeah, it, well, I mean, look at what we did. We, 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 everybody's upset about, uh, and, and we have a right to be upset, but what what happened to the American Indian? Mm-hmm. And there weren't Indians. Columbus didn't know where he was. That's why he <laughs> called them Indians. <laughs> These people, that's the truth. <laughs> you know that's the truth. But look at what we did, and look at the viciousness that we sent the Cherokee Nation and because it was winter, we gave them blankets that were covered with smallpox. Mm. Now, what kind of people are we? Mm. And so you have you, you have Trump and them saying, well, we don't want our children to read about this thing. It'll upset the children. It's not going to upset the children as much as it upset the mothers and fathers who wrap their babies, trying to keep them warm mm. in blankets covered in smallpox. You want to upset me? How about we look at that? And so... it. it it's time that we owned up to what we've done because we've all, the nation, ours, and everybody else, they said, they're ugly things. And so we can't un-ugly, but we can not continue. There's your line. There's your line. We cannot un-ugly, but we can not continue. I, I, I said three times, everything she says is prose. There's a line for you. We cannot un-ugly, uh, but we can not continue. Ain't nobody like her. Love me some Nikki Giovanni. From the Merc Park with love, love, this is Tavis Smiley. He's rooting for everybody black. Everybody black. black. More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Right now. Got just three minutes left. Uh, just three minutes left with Nikki Giovanni. I don't care how long these conversations go. Never enough time as far as I'm concerned uh, just to tap into her wisdom. The documentary uh, is on HBO. Uh, it's called Going to Mars, the Nikki Giovanni Project. Right. Once again, HBO documentary, Going to Mars, the Nikki Giovanni Project. It is the winner, by the way, the winner of the Grand Jury Prize uh, in the U.S. documentary competition at the Sundance Film Festival. That's a big deal. That's 
high cotton, as we say, uh, winning the grand jury prize at the Sundance Film Festival. Again, uh, HBO documentary, Going to Mars, The Nikki Giovanni Project. Let me close in these last two minutes. Nikki, giving you the last word, as I always do. And I want to close with this. Uh, again, it's my way with you, as you well know. Um, uh, we would be blessed. We'd be fortunate to get to 80, uh, as you have. And you still got a lot more in front of you. No question about that. But what say you to us about what we ought to be doing between now and and our getting to 80 to live useful lives as you have done? Well, I, I think the main thing is, is that life is a good idea. And so the one thing you want to do is you want to stay alive if you can. <laughs> and, you know, we've had a lot of problems in that area, but you want to stay alive and you want to find a way to enjoy it. Mm. Now, you know, it, it depends on your church or your synagogue or your your uh, uh, your, your mosque or whatever. But there there has to be a community that you depend upon. Mm. And if if it if it doesn't come from religion, then it has to come from your card playing buddies <laughs> or your I'm a football fan. So I know what I'm going to be doing on Sunday night unless something really bad comes up. <laughs> Sunday night I'm going to be watching football because it makes me happy. And you, you you deserve happiness. You deserve something that makes you happy. And that's what you have to keep that in mind, Tavis. Yeah. Because otherwise you're working, working, working for some ungrateful people just because they happen to be born to you or something. And that has to stop. <laughs> you have a right you have a right to your life and you must enjoy it. Yeah. Because sooner than you think eighty just kinda of rolled up on me and things that are happening now Never have I never had laryngitis. Or, you know, you have uh, some basic things. You know, I've, I've had lung cancer and some things like that. I don't fight lung cancer, by the way, because uh, you don't fight a disease. You try to live with it. Mm. And so every day I wake up with lung cancer. I'm glad it's me and the lung cancer. I, hey, we're still here. And and you know, you're just trying to enjoy the time. Yeah. And and you, you want to feel like I've done something useful with this life. Nikki Giovanni, your life has been more than useful, and you've made many of us, uh, present company included, happy in ways that I can't even describe. Uh, I never, uh, ever lose sight. It's never lost on me that every one of these conversations that I have with you, I am blessed to have. They are meaningful to me in ways I can't even describe, particularly as I get older, so I'm de uh, delighted and indebted once again for the opportunity to talk to you. The documentary, HBO, is called Going to Mars, the Nikki Giovanni Project. Yeah. Nikki Giovanni, I love you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. Oh. Oh, I love you, and so that works. And anytime you call, you know, when you pop up on, on my phone, I, I, I answer. I love Nikki Giovanni. Thank you. Take care yeah. of yourself. Yeah. Uh, that's our program for today. Uh, back here tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's Friday. The best of Tavis, Molly. Uh, until then, thanks for tuning in, and as always, keep the faith.